On this week's episode, I'm talking to one of my closest friends, Alyssa Sperry. Alyssa and I met in 2008 in school ministry, and fun fact, she didn't even really like me in the beginning. But today we have a conversation about where she was at at the beginning of the pandemic, how she filled out over 55 job applications that all came back rejected, her grief and mourning of her beloved cat, and releasing herself from a toxic relationship, and how all of those things gave way to something really beautiful after sitting at the beach and contemplating her identity. So let's get to that conversation. Hi, lovelies, and welcome to another episode of the Arise podcast with your host, me, Monica. I'm so, so glad that you guys are here today, and I hope that you guys leave this space feeling encouraged, inspired, and just seen, because sometimes we need the conversations with our friends. So sit back, put your headphones in, and let's do this thing together. Hi, Alyssa. I'm so glad that you're here today. Hi. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited. So for everybody who doesn't know, um, Alyssa and I have known each other for how long? 12 years? I think 13. 13 years? (laughs) We're so old now. (laughs) We're so old. So yeah, I'm really excited to have you on, especially just because I think that your story is so unique and it's such a different voice than what I've had on the podcast. I'm so excited. So first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about you, area of where you live, just anything about you we would love to hear first? Hmm. Well, um, so a little bit about me is, so I, I live in Oregon um, and I've been pretty much living in the Pacific Northwest my entire life. However, I've lived all over the country as well. That's, I mean, we lived in California and that's how we met and something, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, it's always hard to talk about yourself and like, you know, what do I do? <laughs> I <know. laughs> um, but I am um, the owner and founder of Salty Jack Salt Company. Mm-hmm. I started it in 2021, back in October, um, after I finished my graduate education at the University of Oregon with a master's in global studies and a specialization in food studies and African studies. Um, and the reason why I do salt, which I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about, is because yeah. I have this like passion for it. And my thesis was on salt. Um, so I've been researching salt for the last six years. Um, and so, you know that's me in a nutshell of I decided to launch a company in the pandemic and here (laughs) I I am. I know I'm so excited to talk more about it too because it's it's such I just think it's I mean obviously I've been in it with you or like been watching it unfold but it's just so inspiring so yeah so we met in California which is so fun and you have traveled a ton Can you like talk a little bit about like what you've done and the areas that you've traveled? Well, um, so I've traveled a lot across the United States. Um, So I've probably visited at least three fourths of the states in, you know, um, America in the United States. Um, 
but in terms of international traveling, which is what I love to do, um, mm-hmm. that's my favorite. And, you know, it's been put on hold and I feel like the travel bugs biting at me um, for the last few years. But um, my very first, I mean, besides like going to Canada when I was young as my first, you know, location outside of the U.S. with my family, my first solo trip by myself um, was actually to South Africa back in 2000 and nine, I want to say, I think mm-hmm. that was, and it was quite the experience. And I, I fell, fell in love with South Africa. I still have many friends over there. Um, but it was that trip that made me realize how much I love traveling and also how much it empowers me as a woman. Um, you know, you hear this thing about women, you know, shouldn't travel alone and it's mm. dangerous and all of that stuff. And, you know, and I try to debunk that of saying, I mean, traveling anywhere is dangerous, right? You shouldn't be afraid to explore what the world has to offer. And so from there, Mm -hmm. I've traveled um, to Ireland, Mexico, Jamaica, multiple times. Um, That's actually where I do my research is in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, Puerto Rico. Um, I feel like I'm missing it's there's been a lot. There's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, all over the world, right? Yeah, um, I love it. I love what you said there. You said you shouldn't be afraid to experience what the world has to offer. Well, that's it. I mean, why should we be scared of what's in our backyards, let alone outside our, you know, our comfort zone? And I think the more that we get ourselves out there, you know, life is scary. And, you know, if you hide behind a wall, you're never going to conquer your fears or explore, you know, the unknown. And I know you and I, you know, we went to Bethel school together. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing that I remember clearly um, from Chris Valentin, when he said, the dogs of doom stand at the door of destiny. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It's always been a saying that has just ring with me ever since then. And so it's been kind of like that motto of like, you know, the dogs of doom stand at the door of destiny. It's okay to be scared, but don't let the fear stop you. Use it to be able to go beyond and conquer that fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. I love that. So you traveled a bunch Uh to school. You are like, literally one of like honestly like one of like the just the smartest women I know like anytime I talk about you to like other friends or like you know just different circles I'm like she's just so smart you're published can we talk about that a little bit Uh, sure I guess we can I'm a little (laughs) honored that you think I'm smart yes you are (laughs) um yes so I'm published I have uh Four publications out there, two regarding my SALT research. One is in a a book. It's a chapter that's a collection of all the different types of SALT research that's out there with a lot of my colleagues who are mostly archaeologists. Um, Now, I guess I should make a comment that I'm not an archaeologist. Um, I am more of a social scientist. And so I study culture and, you know, history. So I do what's called historical ethnography, which for people who don't know, which many don't, 
Um, <laughs> basically, I look at the history connected to the current present of how culture has evolved through historical events and present day events. And with the, the word ethnography, basically that means is the study of humans, of, you know, interviewing them um, or observing them. And so, you know, and that's how I gather my data. But I also look at history. And so I look at archives and, you know, manuscripts and things like that, Um, you know, maps and documents that are dated all the way back to, you know, the 1600s. Yeah. So you're (laughs) amazing. (laughs) So it's pretty cool. But um, one of the chapters is in um, it was my first publication and I was really excited Um, It's in the book called Salt in Eastern North America and the Caribbean History and Archaeology. And it's edited by my amazing colleagues, Ashley A. Dumas um, and Paula and Eubanks. And so um, there's a collection of us that have, you know, written different chapters. Uh, So my second article that I've done is actually on the World History Connected in their spring 2021 issue. Um, And that one um, is called Eating Jamaica, How Food is Used as a Tool to Create and Reinforce Cultural Identity. Um, So that one's a lot of fun. And that's, you know, kind of what I do is I look at food and how it actually contributes to the identity formation of oneself and one culture, because food is so important in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only for survival aspects, but just part of our culture. And so, you know, whether it's an item like, you know, salt, for example, or it's a meal and how it's cooked and prepared, it contributes to who we are as people. Yeah. So, and then yeah. the last one, which has nothing to do, well, I guess no one of the chapters does have to do with salt. It just has to deal <laughs> with a particular person. Um, but it also has to deal with my favorite. I have two chapters in this four um, volume edited book by Dr. Candace Goucher called Women Who Change the World. And it is a fabulous book. It just came out this year. And I wrote a chapter on Julia Child, which is like my all time favorite favorite person in the world. Um, Fun fact about her, not only was she this incredible chef and like changed the culinary world for women, she actually worked for what is now known the C as CIMA. Oh, Um, wow. I know, right? She was so cool. She worked for the CIA and she actually was one of the first people to develop shark repellent. And you know me, I love sharks. So not only did this woman work for the CIA, she also was an incredible chef and, you know, made her way into the culinary world for more women to make their way. And she created shark repellent. Like, how cool is this woman? I did not know that at all. It's like fun Um, facts with Alyssa. (laughs) Right? Um, And so, and then the other chapter is um, Mary Prince. She was born in Bermuda, um, but she was enslaved to, you know, on on the island of Bermuda. And she worked in the salt mines, or I guess not salt mines, but salt ponds. Mm -hmm. And so she was important in my research because it was one of the very first accounts of Um, a woman talking about what it was like to work in the salt ponds and how dangerous it could be um, because women's voices tend to be left out in history. And 
So it was really interesting. And it also shined light on how women were one of the more, you know, were kind of the, the primary producers of salts historically. And it's starting to happen again, you know, in present time. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. You, you just always amaze me. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk salt. Let's, let's talk salt. Let's um, get a little salty. Yeah, let's get a little salty. Um, so beginning of the pandemic, right? Yes. Makes my eye twitch just thinking about it. I know. I um, feel like a PTSD, right? I know, right. Let's talk a little bit about like where you were kind of mentally and just physically and stuff when the pandemic shut down, all that kind of happened. Okay. So let's uh, go back to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> It, all it paved the way, though. I think it's important, you know, we can go back and see our pain points that paved the way into something really beautiful that you had the opportunity to create. So I, I would agree, you know, I mean, although it was hard and, you know, and it was scary and all that, you know, bundle of mess, it helped me become who I am today. And it pushed me to that next level. Um, so, you know, during, you know, what it was like around March when things started shutting down. Yeah. So I was in my last year of graduate school and I was, I was supposed to finish that spring and defend my thesis. I was also in a relationship at that time, which I know, you know, all about. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and I was having to prepare to find a job because with graduation, therefore I need a job. And I was working at the university. Um, one of the things that I was able to get in my graduate school was full ride scholarship, but it meant that I had to work for the university as a graduate employee. So although I had a job at the time, once I graduated, I no longer had a job because it's associated with, you know, my student status. Right. So not only was I writing my thesis, which is 150 pages. (laughs) um, (laughs) I can't imagine. Right. Oh, my goodness. I haven't even looked at it since I finished it because I'm like, I just it, it causes too much anxiety. Oh, yeah. um, so writing my thesis, finishing classes, um, you know, applying for jobs, you know, dealing with a toxic relationship. Um, I felt and then of course, you know, we hit this global pandemic. Right. And at that time, we didn't know what was going on. You know, they were like masks, no mask, you know, shut down. You can't leave your house for two weeks. And then it turned into months and mentally and emotionally and physically, I was exhausted. I was scared. I was just trying to keep it together. And then basically, you know, I kind of had to just stop. And I decided to push out my, my, my graduation date to the following fall um, in, you know, fall of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, which I was so glad that I did because I just couldn't focus on writing. And so I spent the whole summer writing my thesis. I continued to apply for jobs, but with that, I kept getting rejections. 
And, you know, it was like a job rejection after another, after another, which, you know, I'll, I mean, it continued on even into 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my toxic relationship, you know, I, it, it was so abusive and it was, you know, I, I found out some things that's, you know, really just turned my stomach and yeah. I, I gained the strength to leave it. Yeah, that's good. And, and I ended the relationship and, you know, I kind of, it was around, I want to say around June, I kind of just broke down and cried. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, cause I ended the relationship at the end of June, beginning of July. And it was this sense of freedom that I felt, but also this fear, you know, because I was, I think what I was 31 at the time, mm-hmm. you know, so society standards of like, you should be in a relationship and married and, you know, and all that stuff. And right. You know, yeah. So feeling like a failure in life because I just, you know, this man that I almost was going to marry, you know, I ended it. Right. Um, and so I kind of decided to focus on me. I stopped dating. I stopped, you know, I, I went to therapy, um, which I encourage everyone to go to therapy. Yes. Yes. Um, and I began to heal myself. And that at that point in my life was like the biggest pivot. So from there, you know, I finished my degree. I graduated in, you know, in December of 2020 with my master's. I still had no job lined up because I kept getting rejected. And, you know, and I was still single and working on myself. Um, So, and then 2021, I was scared. Right, right you know, like bills needed to be paid and all, you know, and, and the job rejections just kept coming in and, you know, and, and it felt like, you know, it was attack on my character and, you know, my qualities and my ability to do things. Right. But the reality is, you know, you're competing for one position and there's like, you know, at least 50 more people applying for that job. Right. With similar qualifications and Exactly. How many jobs do you think like ballpark that you think you applied for? <laughs> I actually know the exact number because I kept an Excel sheet. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> um it was 65. Wow. 65 jobs. And some of them, like, I mean, I would make it to their final rounds. And like these jobs, because they were requiring like a master's and this and that, right? Like mm-hmm. Some of these positions, you had to go through three to four interviews. And, you know, when you're on a, you know, there's a panel there. And I had one, you know, job that had a panel of 12 people. So they're intense. And, you know, you, you think you do your best and everything like that. And, and then you get the, sorry, we found someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think for me, like, I kept getting beat down. Which, you know, it's always hard to get rejected, whether it's with a job, whether it's with a person, whether it's with anything. Rejection's hard. And it feels like an attack on you or just, you know, something's wrong or, you know. 
Exactly. Because you start asking yourself, like, what could I have done better? You know, do I need to go get more education? Do I need to do this? You know, like, is it how I looked? Is it how I dressed? Is it, you know, did I say something that offended them? You start like going through this whole list of all these things of like, what could have gone wrong? Mm -hmm. Instead of realizing that it had nothing to do with you. It's just that someone else had maybe more qualifications. Right. Right. You know, or that someone else already had the job because they hired an internal candidate that they already knew, but they had to like put the job out there because of, you know, liability stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So, you know, I started feeling just kind of overwhelmed, you know, when I was starting to hit like number 50 and 55 and right there and then on top of that like my my beloved kitty cat that I had for many many years he got really sick and you know I had to put him down unfortunately Mm -hmm. which yesterday was his birthday it would have been his birthday yesterday oh um he would have been 19 years old wow and it was that moment when I had, because it was April, April of 2021, it was April 2nd, Good Friday, and I put him down, and I kind of just broke. I just stopped everything. I went to the coast. I cried my eyes out. I felt like a failure. I was probably at one of my lowest points in my life. Alyssa's story is one that is so inspiring because she really got to this place of being at the end of herself. She found herself without a job, without a relationship, in a pandemic, at the beach, and it gave way into a huge, beautiful dream. And I'll let you hear about that in a second, but I wanted to interrupt this because Alyssa is offering my listeners a 10% off of their entire purchase. Head over to her website, which will be linked in the show notes, and put in the promo code ARISE10 for 10% off your entire purchase. Now, she has incredible products, but a personal favorite of mine is the Devotional Love Soaking Salts. You guys, I use this for my bridesmaids boxes, and they smell incredible, and her packaging is absolutely beautiful. So, go to the website, put in promo code ARISE10 for 10% off, but let's get back to her story. You know, I'm feeling at my lowest point because not only have I gotten, at least by this time, I think it was like 55 job rejections. I just lost my, my cat in crime, you know, like he was my, my little man. I had him for many years and he went through all the different schooling that I was and he was just always there for me. Mm hmm. Um, you know, I'm single and, you know, feeling like I'm never going to meet anybody. Um, and then also just some, you know, you know, with COVID, you know, feeling scared about the pandemic, how is life going to look, you know? Um, and then on top of that, you know, I was going through some health things too. And so it was just kind of the, everything just piled down on me. Yeah. I didn't know who I was. Like, I felt like my identity was lost, which is kind of comical because like my whole thesis was on identity formation. Mm, Wow. 
And so I felt like I had no identity. And it was like my identity was attached to being a student because I had been a student for so long. And, you know, I was like, who am I? What do I even want to do with my life? So like I started like asking myself because like I had this plan before, like, I guess to go back a little bit in 2020, my goal was to go on for a PhD. Right. Um, you know, that was my goal. And, you know, and then become a professor and, you know, and research and this and that. And, you know, that was that was the plan. But with COVID, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And departments weren't accepting students anymore, because we didn't know what was happening with COVID. Like a lot of people's story, too. Like they had plans. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And you have to like, readjust and what does life look like now so it's like valuable lessons that you had to learn you know unfortunately we don't want to learn them but have to learn to pivot right you know I was on on, you know on the beach looking at the ocean tears coming down my my face I looked I I was ugly crying so I looked like a mess right oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I just was sitting there going, what do I want with life? Like, what is valuable? Hmm. And I actually was thinking of my research because, you know, one of the things that I talked about in my research was, you know, humans place value on items that contribute to their identity formation. And so what did I place value on? Like, what was my value now? And I realized at that moment in time, my value was... I wanted to live a life that was my true authentic self. I didn't want to live a life that was full of toxicity. I didn't want to live a life that was felt of pressure, um, you know, that I had to act a certain way and dress a certain way and to work a job, you know, just because it had a prestigious title. And that was something that really challenged my identity was this idea that I I should have this job that was working in some like researching firm with like, you know, this high level, you know, title. And because I couldn't get one, I felt like a failure. And, you know, and so as I just sat there, I just allowed like the oceans sounds just to come over me, you know, and I just kind of was like, okay, God, what am I supposed to do? I'm throwing my hands up in the air. I'm done trying to figure it out. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. And all of a sudden, and you're going to laugh at this. I just visualized my cat, Jack, as a shark, half shark swimming in the ocean like you know he was swimming with the fishes <laughs> I love it so much and oh I just started laughing mm-hmm. I just started laughing and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was like I'm gonna start my own company and that's when the name Salty Jack came to mind so yes my company is named after my cats yes which I love <laughs> I love it it's so good <laughs> And of course, the logo, I worked with a local artist here in my town. And, you know, we took my cat's head and put it on a shark's body (laughs) with salt crystals on it. And so like, I mean, he is now the, the logo of my company. And I felt inspired. Like, I mean, I felt still like I was still struggling. But I was like, you know what, 
nothing else is working. And, and I felt like all the doors were closing. Yeah. Like every door that I went to go through all closed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I remembered that saying, like I said, in the beginning, the dogs of doom stand at the door of destiny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I always wanted to own my own business ever since I was little. I wanted to be a business owner, but I was always scared. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm scared because this is my destiny. Mm, Yeah. And that I need to go through that door. Mm -hmm. So I began like I'm, you know, in my Alyssa fashion, I started researching. I started looking at things. I started like writing a business plan out. I started, you know, bouncing ideas off of friends, like, as you know, um, and, and I just went for it. Yeah. And the funny part is, is every door open for me. Mm. I, you know, I got connected with people to, you know, one of the things that I do in my company is, um, it's called giving salts. And I have three salts that are designated to giving back to the community. Cause I, and I knew that I wanted to create a company, be educational to give back to the community, to be able to do things that I've always wanted to do that I've never been able to do in a company that I've worked for. And so, you know, getting partnered, you know, up with people who are shark researchers. I love that. Yeah, it was something that like, I just went for it. And then, you know, fast forward in October of 2021, I've launched, I launched my company. You know, I have four salt product lines and one coffee line. And I've sold in over, I think it's been 20 different states already. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So, you know, and now, you know, like, do I still struggle with my identity? And I, you know, and I toy back and forth between like, oh, I should have done this and I should have done that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always going to be some doubt, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, I am so happy that I took the chance to open up my company. Yeah. And I feel like this was what I was always supposed to do. I feel like I'm me. Like, I honestly feel like my stress levels have gone down. I mean, of course, it's always stressful to own your own company, but. Right. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's a good stress. It's mm-hmm. my stress. And that it's like, it's like this flower that just bloomed, you know, and, you know, you know, that movie Milan, you know, the cartoon and yeah. like, there's the scene that, you know the flower blooms in adversity or something like that. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Like, <laughs> no, but that's so good. That's so good. Even was, under pressure. It's like, yeah, under pressure. Like you were going through things and rejection after rejection and just the loss of this, you know, very, at the time, very meaningful relationship also. You know, even though like we've acknowledged that it was toxic at the time, it was something that was you were cultivating, you know, talking about marriage, getting very serious. And then that ends and then you're getting rejected and you're not in school anymore. And then, you know, the loss of of Jack, it was so much grief and so much sadness that really did give way to something. Like I said earlier, that's very beautiful that you helped to create, you know. And what an inspiration that is and can be to other people who are maybe experiencing that, you know? 
Exactly. And I think that's the thing is, is when, you know, you hear those stories of people, you know, hitting their lowest and, you know, and then they, they make something out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, then you, but you also hear people who hit their lowest and just struggle and can't get out of it. Right. And, yeah. you know, and I, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I learned was that community was also a big part of this. Yeah. You know, the support from like you and other friends and family members, um, you know, to encourage me and to be there was huge. And, you know, I know that, you know, some people might not have blood family around, but they have friends. And I think that was the important part was that even being in a time of a global pandemic of being isolated and, um, you know, it was nice to still have that partnership, you know, with, you know, and that community with my friends and family. And, you know, even though at that time I wasn't in a romantic relationship, which I am now, yes. um, which I know that you're probably like wanting to talk about. <laughs> I know I'm too romantic. <laughs> Um, but yeah. And so it was just, it was nice, you know, it was still needing that partner, that community. And I think people forget when they go do these things that they feel like they have to do it all by themselves. Yeah. And that's not the case. And that's something that I've learned with COVID is that it's okay to one, ask for help. Mm -hmm. Two, it's okay to fail Mm. and pick yourself back up again. Yeah. Three, it's okay to take time off. Yes. Give yourself the time to grieve. And, you know, if that's a few days, if that's a week, you know, whatever, it's okay. We are humans. And I think, you know, in the end, our well-being and our mental health and, you know, just enjoying life is more important than making money. It's more important than having that prestigious title. Completely. Oh, it's so good. So, Alyssa, where <laughs> where are you now? So you said you it Salty Jack has now like served 20 states, right? Mm-hmm. You have lots of products, which has been so fun to follow you from the beginning to see how much you've grown because like when you started, it was just like a couple products and then it was like another product launch. And so it's been so fun to see. And you mentioned a relationship. So, yeah. yeah. So where are you now? Where is Alyssa now? So you went from being sad and rejected and all the things and where are you now? I honestly feel like I'm living my best life. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like every day I wake up now, of course, you know, there's going to be days where <laughs> things are not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we forget that it's okay to have off days. Yes. Um, um, I think people sometimes think that when you have everything, you know, like if you're in a healthy relationship and you've got a business going or you've got your dream job or, you know, you feel like every all the stars of a line. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can't have a bad day, um, which is not true. I think it's OK to have bad days. Yes. Um, but where I'm at, I am, you know, I'm still growing my company um, and I am trying to take it to the next level in my phase of, you know, making Salty Jack the destination 
you know, for all things salt. Um, you know, so it's a one-stop shop for people who want infused sea salts and who want soaking bath salts and, you know, um, plain salts from around the world. You know, I've created more partnerships. So like one of my partnerships, which I'm really excited about, um, is with Ornick Salts um, in South Africa. Um, and this woman, she has a very similar story to I, I have um, when she launched her salt company. Oh, gosh, I think it was at least 10 years ago for her. Wow. Um, don't, quote, don't quote me on that. Um, it could be longer or, you know, the whole works. But like, you know, she has a company that supports women and, you know, she has these cotton bags that are made by um you know, women and women owned businesses and people who are trying to, you know, make an income for themselves mm -hmm. and get out of bad situations. Um, wow. and, and so, you know, my company's just continuing to growing to develop these partnerships. And that's one thing that I wanted to show with this company was that you don't need to be alone, right? You use the partnerships to support each other and cross promote and, you know, be excited. There's enough in this world for everybody, you know, to do something. Right. Yes. Yeah. We don't have to be limited or comparing like, well, they're doing that. So I can't do that. Or, you know, oh, they're doing it better than me. So I'm not even going to try. Like you have something so individual of who you are, especially because even from, I mean, obviously, again, I've been through the process with you just because we're friends, but just like your labels and your products like you put yourself into it and that's really what the customers are getting you know which is individualized to you nobody can replicate what you're doing because it's you exactly so even though like you know I've got a couple salt companies that are my competitors it's not that I'm necessarily competing against them it's that I'm adding a new product right that's unique to me and we'll tap into another demographic. And so, you know, I think that ultimately, you know, where I'm at is, is that, you know, taking this business to the next level um, and using my company as a way to make a difference in this world. And, you know, so, so, you know, I've got the company going and, you know, and I've got some other things, you know, brewing, you know, under my belt of like, you know, what I want to do next. But then from a personal standpoint, I've been able to, to want more on that end instead of just focusing on me being a CEO and business owner. I am a woman that can have a family and a partner and a business all at the same time. I don't have to choose one or the other as we feel like in this world women have to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I met my, my boyfriend, my, you know, um, back in, well, technically I met him in December, um, but we started talking in um, February. I actually did not think he liked me <laughs> um, because we both worked for a company remotely. Um, and so when I would message him, he was not very responsive. And I joke with him all the time with this. But then, you know, we just began talking and, you know, he would call me and it just blossomed. And now, you know, we're going on a few months now. I feel like 
because I put the work in of, you know, healing myself from, you know, that toxic relationship and even past relationships that were toxic. And I took the time and I figured out what is it that I really want, not only in myself, but in a relationship and in a partner. And I didn't settle. Yeah. Um, and I know you and I've talked about that multiple times about yeah. don't settle, you know, make sure you have those standards of yeah. what you want, because your standards are going to be different than what my standards are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he is just, he's amazing. You know, I, I smile when I think about him all the time and the knowing how supportive he is of my company. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I feel like, I know this sounds really weird, but I do feel like dreams do come true, but you have to reach for those dreams. You have to grab them. They're not just going to fall into your lap. Yeah. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Even though I know all this is just like, it still just makes me so giddy because you, you have been through so much and to see on this side. And like you said, there's still bad days. There's still stress. There's still things as you are working through being a business owner and expanding your business and you're, you know, in the beginning stages of a relationship, it comes with challenges, but there's so much beauty in the challenges, you know, like it's, it's strung together with, with such beauty that you've been able to create and been, been able to be open to, you know, like you said, like you had to work through healing from toxic relationships and, you know, different types of thinking to be able to accept and appreciate the relationship that you're in now, which I don't think people really understand or fully know that like the things that you have to kind of unlearn when you've been in a toxic relationship and and you've been able to do that so beautifully. So I love being able to see it. I, I, well, I, I know that, you know, the whole story and everything like that, but I just think that one of the key components is, you know, is that allowing yourself the space to heal and to grow and to not compare yourself, even though how hard it can be to others. Yeah. Um, You know, and I think also one of the things is, is that like, I think sometimes we as women or we as society expect that someone else will take care of it for us. Um, or that it'll just go away. And even like our insecurities, like if we do go to therapy and we work on it or something like that, we expect that, you know, and I, I'll admit, I thought this too of like, oh yeah, I've been working on it. So it shouldn't happen. Right. Mm. When the reality is, is, is that no, those things are still in us. Those insecurities can still pop up those fears and all of that are still there, but how we handle it, that changes we take responsibility and we give ourselves the grace and the space to work through it. And we don't rely on someone else to fix it for us. Um, And I think that sometimes we rely on people to fix things for us, but in reality, we have to fix it for ourselves. The people in our lives can be supportive and there for us and call us out. Mm -hmm. But ultimately it's up to us to make that step. Right. Yeah. And to, you know, make that change. No one else is going to do it. We have to be the ones to do it for ourselves and we have to want to do it 
for ourselves. Rapid fire questions to end our okay. time together. Um, so number one is how do you take your coffee? How do you drink your coffee? <laughs> well, typically and I feel like you're such a coffee I feel like you're such a coffee snob so <laughs> I am I am a coffee snob I have like you know a pour over a french press a mocha pot you know like I have the whole shebang um I typically take my coffee black um I've always you know had just plain old brewed coffee since I was like 16 years old <laughs> um and, but I'm very, you know, it's the quality of beans. So, you know, like I, I'm very, I'm snobbish. And so I do have like my old tavern, Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee, which is like one of the rarest coffees in the world. And of course I do sell that product, but you know, like I have to drink it for myself. I have to test the product, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but if I wanted to get a little fancy and I wanted to like, you know, pamper myself and get, you know, a, a fancy coffee. I either do a lavender latte Ooh. or a rose latte. Yes. Um, or a mocha. What is something you are currently obsessed with? And it could be anything. So I have two things that I'm currently obsessed with right now. Mm -hmm. Um. One is, and I know that I'm joining the game late, but Game of Thrones. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Okay. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> so Game of Thrones is fun. Um, and it's really cute because my boyfriend and I, we've been watching it together. He's already seen all of the shows. Um, and so, you know, if even if we're not in the same place, we'll have our phones on and watch the episode together while our phones like while our phones are on yeah oh mm -hmm. my gosh that's so cute <laughs> um but also the circle on netflix oh i haven't seen that it's one of my guilty pleasures it's such a horrible reality show but i love it so much oh um God. it's basically like social media but they have to like compete with each other and they can, but they can't see each other and they can either have like a catfish profile or their actual profile. And oh the gosh. goal is to get rid of the catfish profiles. Oh um, my God. And to That's make it friends. Is it like love? Is it like dating? No, there, there's no like actual dating. Sometimes romantic relationships can form, but you don't know if you're actually forming a relationship with a catfish. Oh my gosh. I need to watch that. Oh, I love is... that reality trash TV. So <laughs> I do do. I feel like it's my guilty pleasure. Um, and it's that. it's so innocent. And I think that's what I like about it is it's not one of those like really dirty, you right. know, reality. Like it's innocent. Yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> that's amazing. And then um, the last question is, what is something that can just instantly, like, put you in a good mood, instantly give you joy? You know, for me, I think it's flowers. Um, you know, even if it's a small bouquet or if I buy it myself or whatever, it's just having fresh flowers make my day. Yeah, same, same Z's. So good. Well, thank you, Alyssa, so much for just taking the time to be here today. 
can you please tell everybody um, how they can find you on socials? Yes. Um, so the best thing um, to find me is, so I have my website, um, which is Salty Jack Salt Co. Um, and so it's basically saltyjacksalt.com. Um, or you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram um, with uh, Salty Jack Salt. Awesome. And I will have all of that information in the show notes for you guys. So you guys can check her out. Let her know that I sent you to her. Make sure to check out her website and her salts, you guys, because it's incredible and totally made with love. So thank you again, Alyssa, so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yay. And we'll have, yeah, I'll put your website and all the information in the show notes for everybody. So you're incredible, Alyssa. I love you so much. You are incredible as well. And I love you too. Hey, lovelies. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Arise podcast with Monica. I'm thankful for each and every one of you truly, sincerely, absolutely. If this podcast encouraged you or even maybe made you giggle a little, share with a friend and leave a five-star review. I will see you guys next week. Bye.